Twas the week of Christmas when all through the country, not a brain cell was stirring, dense as an oak tree. The packages were wrapped, delivered with care, in hopes that Jeff Bezos would have some cash to spare. The sheeple were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of TikToks danced in their heads. And Mama and her Yeezys and I with my app just settled down on the john for a leg-numbing crap. Yada, 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 the big guy invades a house, blah, blah, blah. He sprang to his Tesla, to his team gave a honk, and away they drove like they didn't give a fuck. But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Get your ass back in the house or I'm taking away Fortnite! listeners, and welcome to Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I, Brian Ernst, will be your holly jolly mensch, leading our glorious fool stumbling through the night, hopefully for a late night snack freshly packed in the good Tupperware. That's right, we're talking top five holiday foods you look forward to. And boy, do we have a matchup for the ages this evening. I hope you have a fetish because we're going Mitch on Mitch tonight. In the red corner, we have have a familiar ginger fella who stays in said corner for obvious reasons and not because he collects all your Christmas cookie and distributes them to the people at will. That's a different kind of red, you silly goose. It's Mitchell Brinkman. How are you, sir? Uh, happy holidays. Um, happy Kwanzaa. Uh, good day. Um, uh, Diwali. Some other one. D- Diwali. We had a great Hanukkah, um, and I, I'm looking forward to my birthday, which is New Year's Eve. So that's the biggest holiday of the year, right, guys? Uh, right? Is it part of the holiday season? I don't yes, know. It that's, yes, uh, it is. Yes, we'll it is. To, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yep. We will have to have people write in for that one. But his okay. challenger is the only kind of guest we allow on the show, a multi- hyphenate. He's a market manager for Cobalt Distillery, an actor, a gardener, a cat lover, and step aside Farley and Swayze, this man constantly works for the weekend. Welcome back to the show, <laughs> Mitchell Conti. How are you, sir? Hi, everybody. I'm doing great. Glad to be here. <laughs> Happy holidays. And Mitch, get ready for your list to go down. All right? Oh. I, I have been I like dreaming this. of this moment. Uh, oh, the, Really? In my, in but my why? pajamas, my pajamas. <laughs> Sleeping mm. tight. Hold on. Mitch's pajamas. I'm thinking little cowboys, little horses. It's a silk number, kind of tight. Um, so am, am I right there well, for your jams? No, you bought them for me. <laughs> <laughs> I buy things that I think will look great on the people I love. Okay. That's, that's just what yeah, I do. I so, okay. It, of course. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Uh, it's your You're curse welcome. and your blessing. Brinkman. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And since we are a foursome this week, I have the honor of having the great and powerful Nathan Hennepin behind the curtain doling out today's points. How are you? My deep voiced friend. Uh, great. I'm going to go ahead and give the host a point up top for very delicately rhyming the words honk and <laughs> I was hoping I would get that past the censors and it looks like I have been caught <laughs> alright you listeners if you all want to get blown to the moon head on over to bizbear.biz to submit your suggestions for upcoming shows and we have yet to have anyone leave us a voicemail so I am putting a challenge out to you listeners this holiday season the first one to leave us a voicemail telling us what topic you want us to tackle in the new year is going to get a free uber cinco t-shirt so hey make this happen and if you're new to the den welcome and let us wake you up with a quick rundown of the rules each player in the den has spent time with today's topic arranging their top five answers in order of importance those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer starting with their number five choice we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers but if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber, Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Staredown is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. And as a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show, where I, Brian Ernst, will give you my Fast Five send-off. Well, rattle off the definitive list of the top five names and backstories to give your nutcrackers. All right. And finally, as host, I am entitled to institute a house rule for today's game. Bonus points to anyone who describes a mix of sweet and savory foods today. So mm, think that. Conti, you won the pre-show tree decorating contest 
where you just beat Mitch. So you get to go first. <laughs> All right. My number five. And I, you know, in terms of sitting down, you've got, you've got all the grub, right? But in terms of what catches mm-hmm. my eye, usually right away as I kind of enter in, it is, it's biscuits and butter, man. It is a good, <laughs> it's a good chunky, whether that's a cheddar biscuit or maybe some chunky crispy bread or maybe even just a classic dinner roll. It's that combination of bread and butter. And if you're going to go the extra inch, that extra little, that little bits and, and, and add some herbs to your butter and make it a mm. nice herby butter. Now that really sets me over the edge because there's nothing quite like, you know, <laughs> splitting open that dinner roll, smothering it with oh. like a good warm Irish butter. You got to go like, um, what's the Irish butter? It's a uh, Kerrygold. Oh, yes. oh. Yeah. or the yeah. Aldi knockoff Kerry silver. Now that stuff <laughs> really does. It really, it rocks my socks, but a good biscuit and butter. I mean, there's, there's really nothing like it. Something oh man, I'm a carb man eating after my own heart here. <laughs> All right. So wow. where do you enjoy these biscuits every holiday season? Where do you, which side of the family, whose dinner table do they show up on? What's the backstory surrounding these biscuits? You know, in terms of, well, I, I now am at the point where I'm splitting a lot of my holidays. You know, mm-hmm. I've got Christmas Eve mm-hmm. at my brothers and my my future in-laws. I've got Christmas morning at my parents, Christmas day at uh, my, my fiance's aunt's house. And pretty much what you can rely on is that no matter where you're at these festivities, there are always going to be bread and butter it is it, it, it's a it's a good point it, it's always there so it, it doesn't even matter if it's like you know like i'm not looking for like a tomato focaccia i'm not looking for um some fancy <laughs> sourdough you know a, a sourdough is great you know like like i said crusty bread's fine but there's something about like a a holiday biscuit that or, or a classic dinner roll that just works real well no matter with a setting. And, and it's a perfect, it's a perfect conversation stopper, you know, when you're looking to <laughs> exit. It's a perfect conversation stopper where you're oh, I saw someone with biscuits. And then it's the question of, well, where's the butter, you know? So then you got to go mm-hmm. hunt somewhere else. And usually that means stopping the conversation of, whoever you have to talk to at that point. And that's the real treat, you know, that's the, and then you, you've got the mouthful of bread and butter. So you, I can't talk. I'm eating bread and butter. Hold, hold on. <laughs> so to me, that's my top five, you know, like that is, that's the, that's number five at the top. That's, that's a great choice too, because one, yeah, like you said, you're guaranteed to get it everywhere. It gets you out of things, and there's so many styles of it, no matter how fancy or how not fancy. If you're just getting it out of the tub of butter, you're a happy man. If you're slicing slices out of a little glass container that the stick of butter is sitting in, you're a happy man. It doesn't matter where it comes from. If it, that, As long as the butter is room temp and spreadable, you're, oh, or you just got a really hot biscuit, exactly. you're, you're in good shape. You know, yeah. exactly. And I, I feel like... Um, Especially coming off of the the bread making craze, I feel like biscuits are in for a comeback. You know, like yeah. it's just it. And and honestly, too, I've been to holidays where people have gone to like Red Lobster and brought those to the holiday oh, party. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like there's there, there's a thing about biscuits. You know, whether it's whether it's some um, store bought um, uh, Pillsbury. You know, those are just as good. You can smell them. I mean, the smell is infectious. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's. For all of our listener uh, in the UK, we are not talking about cookies. Uh, we are talking about right. bread. Just make sure that is clarified. <laughs> it is. It is. Bread. Uh, uh, Brinkman, back yeah. over to you. What is your number five? Can you top bread and butter? I, I wanted to ask quick if if any of you guys have ever been the recipient of the ooh I've got to go see a man about a role move where someone is like leaving you <laughs> to stand there by yourself and you're like oh god am I that boring you know <laughs> would you look at us who doesn't want to talk to all these punums come on <laughs> I have been I have been left in the holiday wind a, a number of times by uncles who I who I, I, I maybe they thought I was too weird or just wasn't interesting enough but they're like that's great. I, I'm happy for you and your 
and your friends and all your videos. I've got to go talk to someone about shrimp. You know, and you're like, oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> the, the issue, Mitch, is as a yeah. bigger man, right? Yeah. People have to be careful because I will follow them to wherever that food is so that I, I'm like, oh, there's, there's rolls here? All right, well, let's go. And then you can see him sigh and they'll be like, well, actually, I have to go to the bathroom. And then is there, is there, is there shrimp in the job? Because I'm going in. <laughs> Like, can you can you grab the beer I hid in the tank earlier, please? Grab, bring it out for me, would you? Yeah. There's one thing about uh, the the biscuits and rolls that I've got to throw in. What I love about them is they turn your leftover game up to eleven because then you get to make the turkey sandwiches yes. with the cranberry Wait, sauce. Speaking my true. language, man, exactly. <laughs> that's true. And nobody ever wants to take them home. They're always like, "No, that's fine." And I'm like, "Throw them in a ziploc. Don't care if I've got three massive ziplocs coming home. I'll throw them in the freezer and enjoy them throughout the the rest of the month, which is five <laughs> days." Oh man, Brinkman, you got your work cut out for you. Yeah, I, mean, I do. What's your number I do. Five here. What do you got? My number five is it's a. I'll be honest. It's it's a little it's a little highfalutin here, and this is the uh, shocker. The, the, shocker. Right. Right. Yeah. If you've ever listened to the show, you know I only eat hamburger helper and peanut butter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my number five is lingon brie bake. I'm calling it. You, you get a big old wheel of brie. You you shovel lingonberry on top and you toss it in the oven and you leave the skin on so it comes out and it's hot it's warm and you slice that puppy open and brian here comes the bonus point train you better back that shit up straight to my front door and dump all the coins on the porch because you have creamy you have just a little bit funky from the rind of the brine rind of the brie, excuse me. Um, and then you have like the sweet and just a little bit of tartness from the lingonberry and you, and you cut a slice out. And if, if you do it just right, there's just a little bit of the brie that holds together and the rest kind of melts. And it's, it's very smooth when you put it on a nice crustini or a cracker. And that my friend is a dangerous way, um, to, to do your new year, your Christmas Eve, because you can fill up very quickly on this and you are soon back in the bathroom and not to go find your hidden beer, but to just go to the bathroom because you've eaten too much <laughs> cheese. Um, but, uh, it is especially delicious and you don't have to go lingonberry. You could put cherry on top. You could put any kind of little sweetness action. Well, works let's, on let's the top back up the, a little bit there. Where does, one, where does one find a lingonberry? A lingonberry? You go straight to the well. It's probably in like you know in the where the where the fancy cheeses are. Uh huh. In in the grocery store, you you got your your wheels of brie, your 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 Parmigiano Reggiano, your uh, your Cavage Riere. Um, normally, <laughs> a, a, a lingonberry will be in a like in a nice jar there, or maybe maybe I mean if you really want to do it um, from, straight from the source, you go to like a Swedish supermarket and get them. I don't know how to prepare them like from scratch. I just they, they, they come in a jar, or my mom has cooked them up a bit, and I and I throw them on top of the cheese. That, that's all I Cause, do. Because so. right now I feel like you're a Mariano's boy talking to a bunch of Aldi men, and it's like I I, I don't think. Uh, well, and and we, you know what the main difference is there? My cart has a place to put my glass of wine when I shop, and I think that's very clear. So. <laughs> I remember when they when Mariano's was taking over for Dominic's here in the Chicagoland area, when everyone said you'd be able to drink wine while you shop. That was mm -hmm. like the turn of the century. It was like going to the World's Fair and seeing electricity. It was yeah. the talk of the town. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, a wine bar? I could just go to the grocery store and drink? You always mm -hmm. could. There just wasn't a place to sit. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I was going to say, like... You guys, you guys were just starting then. Like you, 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 I've been doing it for years. It's called a Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> it out. Oh man, Mariano's does do it classy. You walk in and they've got the guy playing the piano. You know, especially in the mm -hmm. holidays, he's jamming to some classics. And you're like, oh, yeah. yep. I mean, the ambiance is there, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's just it's it's it, it's whether or not if you get lucky enough to be able to enjoy a full song before an alcoholic at the wine bar is like, <laughs> hey, how you doing? You want you want to watch some football together? And you're like, no, I just ah crap. And you're like, give me three two dollar wines and I'll go shop. Thank you very much. <laughs> 
All right. We're on very different sides of the table. I will say with this number yep. five, you got yes, your, we are. your lingonbree bake and you got your classic, what we'll say is the bread and butter of, of the uh, Christmas dinner here. Nathan, you got your work cut out for you here. Where, where are you fitting on this spectrum of brie v bread? Well, I have a follow-up question for Mitch, which is, when is the first time that you had this? Who made it? What was the context? Uh, Christmas Eve, uh, Brinkman family house. My mother put it all together, and I was probably... I started early, guys. I was probably eight or nine when I first had this. So, and it was like, ooh, wow. mama, mama, yes. And I was like, I love it forever. So, yeah. That's a refined but, palate to be liking yeah. brie and lingonberry at eight or nine. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a refined palate. Yeah, he's an early brie boy. Yeah. My mom, my mom shoved, shoved everything in my mouth and I, I rarely said no. So. <laughs> I, I was gonna. I gave uh, Mitch. I gave you the the lingonberry bonus yes. because uh, they serve lingonberries at Al Johnson, the Swedish restaurant <laughs> yes. in Sister Bay, Wisconsin, <laughs> where the goats are on the roof. <laughs> Conti, have you have you ever had a meal where there are goats ten feet above you? Um, you know, I gotta say it's it's a meal that I I have not experienced before. No. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! What are you waiting for? Um, <laughs> I'll book my reservation today. <laughs> but uh, Mitch, you, you got the bonus point there for that. But then I, I also deducted you for, for eating something so sophisticated when you were eight. Instead of just <laughs> having your 35th chocolate chip cookie. So you get two points. Um, Thank you. Conti, for, uh, I was just going to give you the two uh, for the bread and butter. But then I remembered the little leftover you know, next morning, putting your, together your hangover sandwich, and uh, so I'm bumping you up to the full three. Yes. Oh, hey yo! Right. Wow. Okay. Oh man, we got to move this train along. We're going right onto our number fours. We're gonna go back to Conti for your number four. What do you have, sir? Okay, you guys. Now, <laughs> I, I I love yep. food, right? I do. I yeah. and I appreciate yeah. the time that it takes to create that food. But sometimes mm-hmm. you sit down, and I, I I'm not gonna name. Names. I won't. But sometimes you sit down at the table and it just doesn't add up. You know, it doesn't stack up to what you thought you were going to get. You know, and, and it happens at Thanksgiving most often than not, right? Especially when it comes to uh, the turkey, where it just uh, it's just a little too dry, right? The meat just sometimes can be a little too dry. The potatoes maybe a little too bland, and you know, mm-hmm. maybe there's no butter for the bread and. The thing that saves this, the thing that ties it all together, the thing that brings it home is a little bit of gravy, right? Oh. It's the pan drippings from the turkey. doesn't matter how long that turkey was overcooked, but the drippings that come from that turkey <laughs> sautéed, reduced down into a thick, rich gravy that can be drizzled atop pretty much anything on that plate. And no matter how overdone, underdone, bland it may be, that gravy can save that dish. And I'm going to say, it doesn't matter if it's a dark gravy, a pear gravy, a white gravy. I am a gravy boat man. I want to drizzle it at the top. And I want to have my cheeks and lips glistening from the (laughs) glitteries. I'm the guy at the table that needs six napkins to mop up whatever blood is on my plate. That is, my friends... My number four is oh. a is a turkey, oh. whatever. It, it's a meat dripping gravy, you know. And it and yeah. I know it's a sodium bomb, but I don't care. It's a holiday dinner. Doesn't matter. You know, Doesn't count I, on a holiday. I, I, you know that, like even like um, the uh, store bought packets that you heat up. If you take literally just your pan of turkey drippings and drizzle a little bit into that store-bought gravy packet, that shit turns into like, it, I mean, it, 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 all of a sudden the gravy, it doesn't matter. Like it just saves whatever dish you can have. So to me, like that's, that is the holiday dinner life preserver for like that homeowner to just throw out and be like, and the gravy to me, that's, that's the key. All right. I need to describe the picture that you have painted in my brain that I cannot mm. wait to share. And I think this is going to go a long way with Nathan's points to give here. 
a shirtless Conti falling backwards onto a bed of rolls like Mina Savari in American Beauty on Roses, but then a flash dance of gravy that hits him in the face. Just what an amazing shot that I feel like we need to capture in some way. Because Man, that is just beautiful. I mean, because you can dip rolls in the gravy. I literally you can dip was anything just gonna say, like, if there's no butter, like, I and even like that, um, that that holiday leftover sandwich, like, that, I might keep coming back to that a little bit, but I, I'm not going to use <laughs> yeah. it too often. But it, it really, like, I poured. I, I I'm so looking forward to it because on Thanksgiving, uh, my my in laws or my future in laws, they make made a great Thanksgiving dinner, but like that gravy was like so good, and I just, <laughs> I'm like. I, I keep thinking about it, and I, I I'm just ready to to indulge, knowing that mm-hmm. if I've got four holiday dinners, no matter what is being served, it's gonna be it's gonna be gravy time. You know, he's got great he's got gravy <laughs> dreams, folks. I do. I do. Brinkman, where do you stand on gravy? I mean, if 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 the gravy uh, comes from a quality dripping, so it tastes, so it's got a great flavor. I'm all in. And like herbs, as you mentioned, with the butter is also very important with gravy. I think to be cooked with with your meat, like that you just adds to, a like, whole other thing. It has to be emulsified. You know, it's. It, I think yeah. ultimately too, it's easy to break a sauce, but something like a gravy, if you throw enough butter in there and the emulsification takes p- like place, like it. I mean, yeah. What it's it's meat. Uh, the it, it's the, the meat pieces pieces and and butter essentially. It's like yeah, yeah. you so use the words reduce a top emulsify. You are confusing mm-hmm. the hell out of Nathan, and I don't know how good that's going to play <laughs> out for you. <laughs> but <laughs> we will see what that means when we compare it to uh, Brinkman's number four. What do you have for us, sir? Yeah, um, I I wanted to mention quickly. I recently made carnitas, and the drippings from that I had already had like a gravy, and I've been heating things up and putting that on there. And then before the food is done heating up in the microwave, the 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 the, the uh, plastic thing of gravy is sitting there, and it's cold. But I just like I'll be like, whoops! Oh, I dropped my spoon in it, and then I have to like lick it off, and I'm like, whoops! I dropped my spoon again. And I literally will just do just like three little spoonfuls of gravy. And I'm like, okay, I have to stop. This You're is tricking just, yourself into food that you are already decided fat. to ingest. Yes, I'll be like, oh, I dropped my spoon, and then like I'll have to eat a little more gravy. So yeah, um, yeah, I love it. My number four though is. <laughs> As I mentioned, you guys before we started recording, it is uh, it's a crowd pleaser, it's a crowd feeder, um, and uh, it's a full on meter. Uh, I will say, and that is meat slop is my number four. So, oh, oh. what is that? Huh? Oh, we have a stare down, boys. I don't know how you don't we dance. Can... It's not real, Brian. You got to dance. Oh, Come I'm on. moving the shoulders. They're just okay, black. You, you can't see them against the background. <laughs> All right. Now, I have a... Oh, Conti, what is your number two on your list? My number two is beef tenderloin. All right. Now, mm-hmm. I have no okay. idea how beef tenderloin is going to lose to meat slop, <laughs> but Brinkman <laughs> was first, so let's give him the floor and let's see what he can dole out. Let's go. So the reason this is a stare down is because one, it's it, they're they're both beef. Okay. Number two, it's an impressive entree, um, <laughs> and that 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 that's not a laugh line. That's a serious line. Meat slop. I, is I'm just I'm Thank just you. recalling to a couple of weeks ago where you yelled at me for calling a dessert a dump cake, but now you're trying to sell me <laughs> a meat slop. So <laughs> floor is still yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, a man is allowed to change his opinions. Thank you very much. Okay, um, <laughs> this is America. So this, no, it's, no, you're not. <laughs> this is this is a dish that is so hearty, so rib sticking. Um, it does not it does not get cooked in a normal pan. It gets cooked in a literal trough. You have to go find um, one of those. It's like it's like a crock pot, but it's shaped like a tiny children's coffin kind of thing. That's how big it is. Um, and <laughs> it's a simple dish, you know, it's just ground beef. You got rice, you have, uh, uh, some creamy soups in there. Um, some, there's more than one type of soup in it. 
Could be cream of mushroom, could be cream of chicken, could be cream of cream, could be cream of broccoli, could be cream of celery. I don't know. Whichever cream, creamy soup you want, you you pop it in. And then you just um, instead of shaking on the Lowry seasoning salt, you unscrew the cap so it doesn't it's not the holes. It just then you just dump about half of a thing of Lowry's in there. Um, and of course it's the holiday season, so you need a spoon large enough to stir this thing or a paddle, really. It's a paddle. Um, <laughs> if you have a canoe paddle, that works best. I'm not joking. It's something literally that big. Um, you could maybe turn like your second Christmas tree if you shave it down and like, you know, uh, you know, shave that down enough and like you can maybe turn that into a nice paddle stir second thing. Second Christmas tree. What kind of high, uh, Lingonberry, Lingonberry bake and second yeah. Christmas trees, all this extra money you have. It's really starting Brian, to make me feel self-conscious. Brian, I'm not going to walk upstairs to see a Christmas tree when I'm downstairs in my, in my theater room. Like, what, what am I, come on. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Continue. Yes, I know. Thank you. Um, and so it, it cooks for about four hours until it's good. Like you can probably eat it at two, but it's really good at four to six, you know? Um, and it just sits there and it cooks and it's just a nice, big, beautiful kind of grayish brown, plop on your plate and um <laughs> oh you're really selling it really selling it but, but, but what it is well what it is is it's so delicious and it's savory and it just it immediately goes in your stomach it bypasses the acid and immediately sticks to the inside of your ribs and it provides <laughs> warmth uh for when you go out like ice fishing or drinking in the woods when you forget your coat uh, or if you go up for an ATV <laughs> ride to town. So. Okay, you described the, the look it has, the sound it makes, and where it sticks in you. I mm-hmm. haven't heard any description of the flavor. What does this taste like? It's salty, it's, it's beefy, and it's very savory. And like maybe a little mushroom flavor if you put the cream of mushroom in there. Um, but it's just... It's like um, it. It honestly kind of tastes like if you just took gravy and poured that in with some rice and then added some beef hunks. That's kind of what it is. So it's it's really delicious. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel yeah. like I don't even have to let Conti explain, and he'll still win. But please defend beef tenderloin <laughs> against meat slop for us. In terms of the, your choice cuts of beef, right? I, yeah. I understand, Brinkman. I'm I'm comparing to um you said you use ground beef right so pretty much yes yeah any cut of the cow so but to me ankle cut you get your ears in there a bit of tail maybe some hoof yeah it's nice stuff yeah you know you you got a lot of the the working muscles right in terms of Mm -hmm. the cow right you look at the anatomy of the cow that's because we're americans you know uh, the back is the because your your cow is standing on all four legs in terms of the cuts, mm-hmm. right, you have sirloin, top sirloin, bottom sirloin. In between both of those cuts is the tenderloin, right? Even in the name, mm-hmm. tenderloin, right? Ultimately, mm-hmm. it is the choice cut of the cow and really the only time you are going to splurge because it is the most expensive cut of the cow. It, it, it Ultimately, the only time you are going to... Um, basically say, yeah, I'm going to spend this amount of money is on the holidays. And really, it is when my dad finds that Costco deal where he buys the whole thing untrimmed. He brings it home, slices off all of the whatever um, uh, muscle uh, gaps, whatever might be between it, the fat that might be there. And you have that huge chunk of meat. This is filet mignon right? It doesn't need gravy. It doesn't need, it is a simple salt and pepper seasoning because you, it doesn't need rice or soups or whatever else you want to throw in there. I want like, I I want like half inch thinly sliced Nino Conti prepared slices, you know? And really you've got to imagine at the holidays, like if you're going to a restaurant, you're going to drop a lot of money. But like when you've got, I've got, I come from a family of six. I've got 41st cousins. The only thing that is really going to allow everyone to feel special, right? Because turkey is, it's a very special meal. Ham is a special meal. There takes a lot of time to prepare these things. But these are, those are both cheaper cuts of meat. 
as opposed mm-hmm. to the beef tenderloin, even when that guy comes to your side, you know, you're at a buffet in Las Vegas and a guy's like, filet and he slices you that thin little bit you're like yes please more like that is and you're not even at a restaurant you're just walking down the strip and this guy shows I mean, up and you're like wild place. Is a wild place. <laughs> but i mean this is like it, 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 if there is going to be a choice of meat especially a choice of meat brought from the cow on my very special holiday, I only want it to be the only special type of meat, and that would be the beef tenderloin. The name speaks for itself. Fair enough. Here's a question. Here's a question. I often I, – I will go to a steakhouse, and a lot of times they will brag about how tender their meat is. You know, like so tender, you, you only need a butter knife to cut it or whatever. So in that calculation there – your meat is so tender, you only need what, like a butter knife to cut it and a fork, I'm guessing? That's what you just said, yes. Right, yeah, okay. My meat only needs a spoon, so thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you guys in your, I don't know if he, I don't know if he comes around to Chicago neighborhoods, but in the, in the suburbs, back when my parents lived in DuPage County, there would be an Italian guy who would wheel around a, uh, a, a, a a stone. He would. Yeah, he wheels around because he come out to Berwyn out by you. Yeah, yeah, he came out to where my parents would live. Yeah, he comes out with a stone and a bell, <laughs> and, and the my, bell rings so you know to come out to get your knives my sharpened. Parents yes. run out to this guy. Got <laughs> <laughs> like fifty knives for this guy to sharpen. He's there for like three hours on the corner, like grinding away on the stone, and literally like. Like, it, I mean, my, my dad is very proud of his, like, sharp knives. But, I mean, he, I would say it slices like butter because of that. You know, not, mm, only, okay. it, not only is it the meat, but also the instrument of which you are cutting. You know, it takes sure. pride. And if you're going to have that pride, right, I mean, I understand you're eating from a trough. I'm, I'm sure they, they hitch it up to your uh, your face like a, <laughs> like a horse. Bitch. But um, I got to say, where, where I come from, it just, it's just a little bit more special, I think. Yeah? <laughs> oh, man. Well, now the ball lies in Nathan's court. You need to discuss... Uh figure out this stare down here i mean there was a lot of knife talk so i'm not sure where this is gonna land oh that's right yeah i'm I'm still trying to mentally recover from the fact that there's a a guy rolling a stone around sharpening knives he doesn't bring knives to you they're only the knives that are already there nathan so they're not more knives well and a sharper knife is safer than a duller knife nathan it's very true this is this i all (laughs) knives all knives are equally horrifying in my eyes (laughs) why is that because I have a crippling, debilitating fear of knives. <laughs> Just want it on record one um, more time. Yep. <laughs> all right. What show created so, your fear of knives? Sorry. <laughs> okay. It was an episode of ER. Yeah. Yes, we've all, we've been over this. <laughs> Mitch, you used the word trough, and I knew you were in trouble. <laughs> and I thought we couldn't go lower than that, and then and then we ended up with both plop on plate and children's coffin. <laughs> so. Really, this one wasn't very close. Mitch wins the stare down for three points. Absolutely. Mitch, oh, Mitch wait, Conte me? wins the... Oh, no, Conte, Conte. <laughs> now, and then for, uh, yeah, for uh, Mitch Conte's number four, this. which feels like a long time ago, uh, but I, <laughs> I'm glad I made notes. Um, it was only going to get one point, but then it, uh, let's see, emulsified into a two-pointer. Is that, does that sound? Does wow. that sound? Take it. Yes. Wow. Yes. All right. There we go. Oh, man. Wow. Huge Neat round. slop. That, that was a big, that was a big <laughs> swing for a lot of folks I'll here. I'll take it. Uh, I think that then brings us back to Conti for your number three on your list, sir. Okay. Number three. I am, I'm, I'm a fan of aromatics. You know, (laughs) when I walk into a home, I want to be greeted with all senses, right? It's not just scent and touch. My nostrils need to be filled. I was going to say, yeah, Uh, come to my house. It's going to be touch first, baby. That's what, you know, well, when you're cooking, you know, you got to touch. But I I also am a big fan of herbs, right? Um, So ultimately, I, I have grown my own rosemary in past years. And um, I'm starting to grow my own garlic. 
um, which is harder because I, as a, as a gardener, you have to learn that garlic you plant in fall and that comes in spring. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I think I, hopefully I've got some Japanese garlics coming soon. Um, but ultimately, Ooh. garlic, rosemary, mashed potatoes are my number three. Oh, they are that's pretty good one. chunky, right? It, it, in terms of mm-hmm. the, the pieces of garlic that you might find. The rosemary just brings a bit of that holiday essence, right? Because there's, to me, rosemary just fills me with um, the, the sense of holiday. Like you throw it even like in a garnish in a cocktail and suddenly that cocktail mm. turns into Christmas in a glass. And that the rosemary does yep. that to me. So it always screams winter. But garlic is just one of those things where it's that umami, um, you know, you, you can't get it anywhere else kind of flavor. That's what garlic kind of brings to the table mixed mm-hmm. in with, you know, usually you're taking a mix of, uh, of yellow and red potatoes. And when you throw those in, of course, with the other secret ingredient to mashed potatoes, which is butter, um, <laughs> it is. It, and yeah, also baby. too, if, if you're making these, you've got to do when you boil the potatoes, you've got to save that residual starch water because that's also going to help bring together those mashed potatoes without becoming too clumpy, lumpy, or uh, stiff. Really, you want to avoid all those. I want pillowy, soft, bright, um, inviting, warm, garlicky, rosemary potatoes and 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 really at this point if they're really well done you don't even need the gravy right i i don't even need to bring those into the the mash because those those flavors alone are enough to satiate and that is when they're well done you know that's really a a a holiday dish i look forward to um and it's no particular it's no particular in uh, uh, relative that that makes great potatoes, just because I think they are one um, easy and uh, accessible to pretty much anybody. They stopped and started a famine to my my uh, my <laughs> my ancestors. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, to me, like I think there's just a uh, a romanticism about a good potato, right? It's hearty, it's rich, mm-hmm. and and so versatile. Um, but ultimately with a garlic rosemary mash can't go wrong. Oof. In fact, Mitch, I would even throw that yeah. on top of your meat slop, toss it in the oven and you got yourself a Brinkman shepherd's pie. And that I think oh. turn your meat slop <laughs> shepherd's pie into a number one dish for you instead of a. I think finding a way to save meat slop earns a bonus point, but we'll let Nathan decide that. Mitch, I feel like you got some thoughts here. You you seem like you're actually agreeing with Mr. Conti here on his choice of flavors. I, Mitch, I will say I've never been more happy than when I heard someone say, save that potato water. Because when you said that, I was like, he knows, he understands, that's the key. Um, It it is. It is, it's very true. Actually, in terms of using starch to a lot of dishes, if we're going to continue using emulsify, right? If you've got like, Mm -hmm. um, um, uh, what's the uh, uh, cacio e pepe, um, and you're Mm -hmm. making uh, that- uh, God bless you pasta pepper dish essentially yep. you're boiling your yep. pasta right or um even if you've got a like carbonara right mm-hmm. you when you're boiling your pasta you want to save over that pasta water or that potato water because the starches that are present from those starchy carbohydrates are going to help mm-hmm. build your dish into a in, into a better dish essentially you know i, I into I, a thick glossy sauce and or yeah bring it all together yeah it's really 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 listener key. i hope um, you're taking notes today because what a master class you're getting <laughs> yeah can i just can can i just toss in just a quick little potato rosemary recipe and and conti uh if if you have the patience to do this because this does take a little time but it's very impressive when it's done <laughs> slice your potatoes really thin and then you build in a in a pan with butter at the bottom of course you just layer the potatoes and then every layer of potatoes you do a little truffle oil rosemary salt and then you do another layer again rosemary truffle salt layer 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 till the till the little pan is full and then you brown the bottom put tin foil on the top pop in the oven and then you flip it over so you have it's called a potato galette so you have this oh, like yeah. layered potato like cake thing you sl- like cut out slices it's 
very impressive. Anyone who eats will go, God damn, are you single? And then you'll say, yeah. And then they'll go, can I date you? And then you go, sure. And they go, wait, you don't seem very confident. And then the date won't happen, but the potatoes will be good. Um, that's my experience. So, um, um, is, is it a galette when that point, and then does it turn into a gratine when you add cheese? Is that the only, is that what separates yes. that? Is when you, it, basically, it, you're, I don't know. Let's, ch- let's check the uh, expert, Nathan. Y- yes, that is correct. It <laughs> yes. all checks out. Okay. Everything yes. you're saying is true. <laughs> and before we get to any of this, I know Mitch uh, Brinkman still has to do his thing here. I, think, I feel like you need a very sharp knife to get all of these slices of potatoes accurate. Is that right? That, that is absolutely true. Um, and if also, if your mandolin slicer is not sharp, get that puppy sharp because that also mm. is, is very key. I think um, a mandolin so. slicer is one of the most uh, dangerous but also uh, underrated utensils in the kitchen for for. for prepping meals i mean like my favorite um we'll get to that later but uh, i i love <laughs> I, I, I love a mandolin <laughs> it makes it so easy to do the slicing i mean it, i bought one maybe two years ago and i use it all the time now good for you it, it really is and and those are things you buy a nice one and it'll 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 pay you back in, in spades so in fact um, it, nathan okay. if you're afraid of knives it it it, it even has guards on it as well. I definitely recommend it yeah. if, you, if you don't have a, a good mandolin. I I have the the eight stringed instrument, but not a. I did not know that there was a mandolin that it was involved in something else. But I will look into it. That yeah. actually does sound practical for a guy like oh, me. Yeah, boy. Um, Brinkman, what's your what's your number here? My number three is um, is one of my favorite holiday uh, Christmas treats. Is as sugared cranberry bombs as we call them in the Brinkman house. Oh. And this is a very simple dish. Uh, No bake dish as well. All all you do is you make a quick, simple syrup, equal parts water and sugar, bring it to a boil, stir it till it dissolves, boom, you're done. And then you you just take fresh cranberries, throw them in the simple syrup after it's cooled for a bit so they're sugary and they're glistening they're wet what that is sweet sweet simple syrup and then you just you just roll them in sugar so they just get all sugary and then you just let them dry and then it's just sugary cranberries so you're eating them throughout the holiday season you get a little sweetness you get some tartness you get some some urinary tract help too if you need that too the cranberries (laughs) will offer that for you um, you th- throw it in the bottle or in the bottle in the bottom of a champagne flute before you pour a glass of champagne is really nice. Um, you pair you pair that as Mitch already already said, uh, sprig of rosemary um, with those in a cocktail is very nice. Um, I also like to add the the Brinkman style of Christmas cheer where you just yell into your cocktail glass. I should have never come home, mom and dad. I should have never come home. Um, that's another way to add cheer to the cocktail. Um, so, but yeah, these are a simple thing. But what's dangerous about this, if, if you're staying up late at night, maybe you've gone out to a holiday party, you come home, everyone's already asleep, but you, but you still have like half a movie in you and you just sit up and you just eat sugared cranberries and drink champagne at night. Um, it's delicious, but uh, it can make your teeth hurt, you know, so be careful of all that. So, Mitch, have you – I work for Coval Distillery. Have you ever tried mm-hmm. my cranberry gin? Oh, yes, my friend. I have had cran gin many a time. I, I love it. I think if you yes. threw that in with your champagne and your your cranberry treats, I think that would oh, yeah. be a killer little spritz. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. I actually I actually did that last – was it last year or two years ago? I got my parents' cran gin for, for Christmas. So, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it, it's a great – actually, that might be the best holiday liqueur I've ever had, honestly. Oh, so Thank you. Yeah. It sounds delicious. Yeah. It sounds really good. Yeah. Wow, that was just nice. We just did we did a nice thing. We weren't verses at all there. What's going on? <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck you. So I was, I was kind of just letting the moment hang because I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh moving this train along. Nathan, how do you how mm-hmm. do you feel about this round? Oh, I feel great about this round. My heart is warm. My heart is full. Um uh, just a lot of uh, goodwill towards men there in that uh, that round. Easy three points for uh, for Mitch Brinkman. Oh, and uh, Conti, I was actually going to give you a bonus point for adding to his uh, little cocktail recipe there. But then I realized you were just uh, plugging your own product. <laughs> 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 but then 
But then, uh, but then I, I realized on on this show, ask Mitch Brigman on this show, we only do fake product <laughs> for completely fantastical products that could never exist in real life or yeah. possibly did in a 1978 small town in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, but but you know, I did wonder, Mitch Conti, if when you came on the show, if you were going to call us by the little pet nickname you have for the three of us, and sure enough, you busted it out, clumpy, lumpy, and stiff. <laughs> <laughs> Three points to you as well. <laughs> That's oh. what I'm calling you three from now on. <laughs> I call Lumpy. I'm so honored. I'll take whatever's left over. I don't care. Oh, you're definitely stiff, Brian. You're definitely yeah. stiff. <laughs> oh, man. I would give it back to you right now, Conti, but you've already described your beef tenderloin for your number two. So we're going to go back to Brinkman. What do you have at your number two, sir? Yeah, mine. Um, you, you, what are those lamps that you light and you put on the water? And it's supposed to like remind. It's like a little paper lamp. It reminds you of maybe someone that you've lost or someone you're you're thinking of. What, what are those called? Uh, call them paper lanterns. Paper lamps. Or yeah. So this this my number two is kind of like that because they're just a delicate, soft little thing that I can imagine if you put them on on top of water, they would float. And those are goat cheese boats. I'm calling them. And <laughs> this is this is a this is a great dish because you can you can put in all the work to make this completely from from scratch by hand. This is one of the few things that I will say saves time and does not sacrifice flavor. What you do is, is you go to your freezer section. You get the whatever brand it is, Philo dough cups. They're they're tiny little things. Oh yeah. Uh, and you put about a teaspoon of goat cheese in the bottom of that. Uh, and then you then you plop some some fruit compote on top uh, or a chutney if you will some something maybe with a little spice maybe a little cinnamon some allspice or cloves uh, is quite nice during the holidays and so it's just two scoops one cheese something with fruit um, maybe a pepper jelly actually my mom used to make this with pepper jelly a lot when I was a kid Sounds and this good. is what got me hooked pop them in the oven three fifty maybe ten fifteen minutes heats up cheese melts fruit gets hot and that is just you need two fingers to pick it up and one finger to uh, shove, shove it to the it back of your throat. Yeah. Yep, and it is delicious. So um, it's it's crunchy from the shell. It's soft from the cheese. Obviously, you get you get the sweet, you get the savory, you get the creamy. It's all there, um, and then hopefully a little bit of spice. You're basically describing like a French crab rangoon, and I love it. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. And and so also now I'm realizing like that goat cheese. Mm. It's similar to my to my five, which is brie and lingonberry, but this but this is this is like a a, a finger food, and goat cheese is different from brie cheese. There, there's a different consistency there, and there's different flavor as well. So, I want to make fun of you, but I like goat cheese. Goat cheese is very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm really my brain is at a strain right now. Uh, Conti, I feel like you have uh, some follow up here. What are your thoughts on goat cheese boats? You know, I mean. The only time that I I really um, I, I'm not a big this is two types of creamy cheeses now that he's added to his list <laughs> and I my stomach is kind of twisting already from the description just because I'm I'm not the biggest lactose guy and goat cheese always seen and 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 brie too kind of always sits in my stomach heavy so when you mm. said like the phyllo dough i was all on board because i i do love like a good fried dough because i'm fat but ultimately <laughs> like, like I, what a defense i kind of I, I gotta be honest i kind of i gotta get a little deflated when i heard goat cheese and and fruit compote i just kind of wow. was like all right that's not on my list or anywhere close you know i'm sorry you know wow. i just don't mean to burst that bubble and bring us down a bit, but I'm not. I'm not the a fan. Good, the good news is you do not have to carry this weight on your shoulders, Conti. Nathan does because yep. he has to give Mr. Brinkman a score for his number yeah. two. Yeah, I, I I like this number two. I would definitely have several of these, but uh, yeah, yeah. As as Conti rightly pointed out, this is a second cheese uh, 
number here, so I'm going to give you two points. Would it oh. would it change at all if I told you I got this recipe from an orphan that I knew for a little bit in high school? He gave it to me on his deathbed, um, and he said, "Please, it, it would carry it on would this legacy for was, me." It would change that if it was true. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, thank God that's true. So, I, so how many extra points am I getting? Two. One? Uh, no, so now you're deducted. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. For, for, for lying to me at Christmas. Unbelievable. It's Christmas. Oh, We're not just doling out dead orphan points willy-nilly. Come on. <laughs> we got rules here. Yeah, and I suppose. Speaking, you've already said you've, we've, had, we've had orphans on their deathbeds. We've had children's <laughs> coffins to serve food. Mitch, you are what? treading very close to un-Christmassy territory. You know what? I, I, I can't imagine what's coming next, you know? So get ready for that. All right, let's go. Well, you can't even prepare for it because, uh, Conti B, since you are our guest this week and you won the pre-show Christmas decorating contest, you do get to mm-hmm. go last here with your number one. What do you have? Okay, this is my... This is my number one most anticipated holiday food. And I think mm-hmm. it is going to be controversial. I am sure there is going to be public disagreement. I'm sure, Brian, if you haven't gotten a voicemail yet, this is going to bring it because <laughs> ultimately <laughs> my number one most anticipated holiday food oh my is God. roasted Brussels sprouts. Oh. <sighs> You are playing to me, but I, oh. I'm scared for your points later. I, but I know. Yeah. Please describe. Please des- <laughs> okay. describe the flavor profile you are and getting. What seasonings going on these Brussels sprouts? Let me. I was going to say. So uh, before I jump into roasted Brussels sprouts, I have to say, if you've never used your mandolin to slice Brussels sprouts and do mm-hmm. a Brussels sprout salad, it is mm-hmm. like throw in like pepperoncini, sliced pepperoncinis, sliced salamis. Throw in some green peppers, whatever you have. It makes the best salads. I mean, honestly, Brussels sprouts are the most amazing vegetables. Now, because of that, because I eat Brussels sprouts all year long, I don't usually. um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, that train comes into the station every week, you know. But, but like Russell, roasted Brussels sprouts on Christmas with like chopped up big lardons of bacon. Like you, you mm. gotta like have it with bacon grease dripped over. Like you're you're gonna go indulgent. This is when you bring in those those um, dried cranberries into the roasted Brussels sprouts. This is when you're pulling out all your butters. You're using your best olive oil for this stuff. You're doing a I, I mean, every single one, you've got to imagine these Brussels sprouts, when they're roasted under a broiler or you've got your oven set to 425 and it's only about 25 minutes for these golden kind of almost that little bit of char that comes in on the leaves yeah, right on the yeah. outside, like that little bit of char. But then once you peel it open and it's that crunchy center, like to me, it's it, you've got to avoid soft Brussels sprouts, right? When you're using moisture, that moisture is going to add the softness. But when you're roasting Brussels sprouts, right, and you're keeping the pan dry, I mean, ultimately, it just tends to just be full of flavor. And for somebody like me, I I did not have the most refined palate when I was younger. I wasn't eating brie and and lingonberry. I (laughs) I was not even eating vegetables. It was my... um, I want to say like freshman year of high school, I went to my aunt's house and my uncle had actually grilled Brussels sprouts. And this was kind of my like first introduction to really having like a charred Brussels sprout. Like you pop that in your mouth and it literally is just an explosion of flavor. Like it is that you peel back those layers and you're able to get, you know, if there's salt in there, that salt is only going to add more depth of flavor to to really a, a really fantastic, easy, approachable dish. So I, I know like it's not going to speak to everyone, but this is my fucking list. So I mean, at the end of the day, this is my <laughs> yeah. this is my there number one. Like it, there we go. I, I, I'm I am proud that. That a vegetable now tops my list from somebody a year ago who had nothing but store bought cookies. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I was proud of myself where I was like, no, I think Brussels sprouts are my number one. Like, that's, and I'm like, I'm sticking to my guns here because the flavor is just too good. 
And I know, uh, like I said, I know it's going to bring disagreement, but I love the smell. I love the smell that comes after too. I love the feeling <laughs> of just letting loose. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we follow. We follow. I mean, there's not really much else to say other than it. It it's also healthy for how good it is. It's also healthy. Yeah. You know, like that's yeah. at the end of the day. That's that's what I'm, I'm going to say. I'm, I'm proud of you. I, I was not here to witness your store bought cookie craze uh, a mere twelve <laughs> months ago. But the fact that you have this roasted Brussels sprouts is the only vegetable I crave. Yes. Like I, everything I've ever, all of the other vegetables feel like a forced feeding for me. Like I'll eat them because I have to. Because you have to. But if I hear a roasted Brussels sprout is coming, yes, with a sprinkle of nice flaky salt right on the top, the second it's served, I am all in, Brian. And if and, you're a fan, not not just during the holidays, but you got a quarter of the Brussels sprouts, and then during oh yeah. during the um, just like off seasons that are not holidays, like you do a mm-hmm. mixture of sesame oil, soy sauce, and like rice vinegar, and you do like an Asian inspired um, Brussels sprout roasted Brussels sprout dish. I mean, all of a sudden, like it, it just is. It, it's just it's so versatile to to pretty much like anything you want to throw in there. It, it really is. It's just so easy. I, I'm literally getting Oof. goosebumps thinking about Brussels sprouts right now. <laughs> I have no follow-ups. The defense rests. Brinkman, please, what is your number one? Um, Boy, mine is... <laughs> mine, what a mine, big drop in enthusiasm we had right no, there. Talking no, no, about I'm, Cliff. I'm, I am going to bring it here. I'm, I'm just trying to choose my my tact and my and my route here. But my number one is this is a very Midwestern food. This is something that will be on the appetizers table. This is something that will ruin my meal if it's if it's at the party I am at because I will decimate the tray as quickly as I can. And that is the cheesy pickle roll ups. Play the oh. play the ding or the or the applause or the, the yeah there we go okay thank you so much um, this is see this is this is a, this is a working man's or a working grandma's dish this is a simple dish <laughs> served rolled cut and beautifully toothpicked you get yourself a, a slice of roast beef or corned beef anything like that you you lay it flat cover that motherfucker with cream cheese and then you lay a nice big fat dill in the middle and you roll it up like a cigar, like you're rolling cigars in Havana. And then you slice that thing into like eight slices, throw a toothpick in, in each one so you can, or just, you know, use your fingers if you're making it for yourself. Um, but so the cross section, you get this, it's like almost as if it's like the world's most beautiful tricolored poker chip or like a chip you'd get at a casino. You know, this it, there's heft to it, there's weight to it. And you know, you know, you'd love to hold on to these but you're pretty sure you should use them because it's going to be great, you know, if they disappear. So now um, you're playing the game. I, I love it. Thank you. Like, thank you very much. His eyes light up. It's that when you see his eyes glaze over, you know, he's like, he, you know, he still needs to go to a meeting probably soon. Uh, but uh, no. there was no bigger switch in Nathan's game. Gaze from Brussels sprout to poker chip. You have pulled him from the depths. Yes. Um, but yeah, so so it's like it's briny, you get salty from the pickle, you, you get the creaminess from the cream cheese, and then the and then the meat on the outside to hold it all together and give you a little shot of savory. This is something that my grandma Betty would make. Um, and if she didn't make it, one of my aunts or uncles would make it, and uh, it was always the first thing gone at uh, at my at my mom's side during holidays. And it was the one thing where people would stand around it and try and talk, but everyone's like, Hey, so what's our, is your new job good? And you're like, Oh yeah. It's just, oh, it's just, and like everyone's <laughs> trying to talk through <laughs> cheesy pickle roll-ups. Um, and like it, it, I think it probably goes best with beer. Like you probably shouldn't drink a wine with it. Um, if anything, you should just eat as many as you can, as quickly as you can. And then, go to gin probably that's that's the best way to do it um but uh that you're wrapping it in uh like a corned beef or roast beef works best i'm a salami guy for these yeah see salami people do but i think salami is too salty so like the pickle is very salty so if you do 
the pickle and the salami at the same time, it can get too salty sometimes, in my opinion. So in my mind, um, I was also thinking salami, but once you said corned beef, I was kind of like, yeah. I'm all on board. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. It's corned beef. Yeah. That's the, that's the, yeah. Mitch is, Mitch, I believe you have served these with corned beef before. I have. I, I like have. how we're deciding yes. on the saltiness of two meats, and yeah. we have chosen corned beef as the less salty meat. <laughs> 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 exactly. Exactly. Um, well, what? Salami so, yeah. is just dry aged, covered in salt. Right. It isn't. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, all meat. Sorry, Mitch. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're dead on, though, about that, about salami. So, uh, the, this is, yeah, this is just a great dish. It's humble. Um, it looks nice on a platter. Like, there's something pleasing about the circular nature of it. And again, I mentioned the, the, the three colors of it the, the, the green, the white, and the, and the uh, meaty brown, I guess you might want to call that. Um, and so it's just, it's just a, it's just a nice little finger food, one bite, um, you know, deliciousness. And like, if, if you want to make it for yourself at home, it's, it's, it's a, it, it almost looks like a hot dog, but you don't need a bun. You don't need a napkin because the meat keeps your, keeps your hands clean as you eat, eat it uh, in, in one fell swoop. So Man, there's my that- number one. You had me at salt, but you were losing me at meaty brown. But luckily, I am not oh. points this week. Uh, Nathan, what do you have for these fellas? Number one. Uh, Mitch Brinkman, that is a solid three point. Thank you. There. These Thank you. are delicious. Yep. I have seen you execute them personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a great Midwestern. You know, speaks to my, mm-hmm. my childhood mm-hmm. a little bit there. And uh, Mitch Conti, you put up a valiant valiant heroic i dare say effort but little did you know that your judge today hasn't had a vegetable since the the uh first bush Clinton administration Mid- so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's gonna have to be one point i'm sorry that's okay i knew that walking in i knew that walking we still don't know how he lives but he still breathes every week for us so. i was i was sure you, you were gonna say the second reagan administration where it was like as a baby was the only time you had that oh man well you gotta tally this up you are completely in charge of who wins today nathan i feel so I, I vulnerable reveal- left out who is it I can reveal that Mitch Brinkman scored 10 points. Okay. Uh, Mitch Damn Conti it. scored a dominating 12 points. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> he got the whole Mother. dozen. <laughs> oh, yes. man. I'll take Congratulations, it. guest. We love having uh, anybody beat Brinkman. It's always a win. <laughs> uh, well, we thank you for joining us, but we are not done yet. Yeah. We cannot end without my reveal of the top five names and backstories to give your nutcrackers. Mm. Number five. Does your white-haired nutcracker have the look of an honest laborer just beaten down by decades of repetitive physical task? Meet walnut favorite Irving Kowalski. Number four, you picked up <laughs> you picked up this sheriff-themed nutcracker from a closing Hobby Lobby on the border of Indiana and Kentucky. His little pistol and mouth-covering bandana make him ready for any pistachio. It's Lieutenant Mouth Hungry Mike. Number three. <laughs> Your significant other dragged you into this little mom and pop shop while you were walking through an art fair you definitely didn't want to be at. But on the shelf, you saw a nutcracker in a medical coat and a little stethoscope, and you had to pick it up. Dust covered him like the dust accumulated on his medical license and his closed family practice when he chose pills over macadamia nuts. That's Herbert (laughs) Feinstein, MD. Number two. Come on home, Virginia Carter was a short-lived 90s sitcom where every episode was a Christmas special. The audience wore out three episodes in. (laughs) But that didn't mean the Nutcracker line hadn't already been produced. Made overseas in a child's sweatshop. There you go. Brinkman brought it home. (laughs) These now collectible Brazil nut graspers were only known by the actress's name who played her. Say hello to Barbara St. Louis. And number one, (laughs) if you've ever gotten the chance to visit the Nutcracker Museum in gorgeous downtown Leavenworth, Washington, I can't recommend it enough because it was there I found jaw-breaking royalty. 
standing at a regal six inches tall, including his crown, this cape-wearing, eager-mouthed royal was mutated perfectly <laughs> over generations of incest, forming tooth bone stronger than a femur. <laughs> it's Duke Chomp von Wallenberg, eighth of his name, formerly known as Backslam the Nut Hungry. And that is this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Oh, man. Dishing out today's scores from deep in the Hennenfent family barn has been... Nathan Hennenfent. And catching the deep pass from pristine Nike collegiate football has been... Mitch Brinkman. And, of course, our special guest dripping with charisma and what we can only hope is bourbon has been... Mitch Conti. And I've been your big, wet Christmas boy, Brian Ernst. And as BizBear always says, if absence makes the heart grow fonder, well, then yellow snow is still too salty for my taste. Auf Wiedersehen and adios. <laughs> <laughs>You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.